This is White Lotus Radio. Uh, I'm I am one of your hosts, Allison Coffee, and with me today is uh, Nora, as always. Hi, I'm Nora Blake. I'm the other half of this show. <laughs> the better half of this show. I don't know. Mm. Um, <laughs> um. So yeah, this is a Legend of Korra recap podcast. Hopefully, you listen to previous two episodes and today we're going to be talking about book book one air episode two a leaf in the wind chapter two i don't know um yep what is this is the second half of like these first two episodes were aired together yeah uh, to the point that i i bought this first season on google and both of the two episodes are in one like video yeah um the a similar thing for me and then last night i watched it again um on the nickelodeon website and there was like i forgot there was the radio man like doing recaps at the start of every episode and i didn't get that because i watched the the block it's I'm sure you're going to start getting it soon. You'll probably start with yeah. the next episode. It's extremely good. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the little radio man who's throughout this show. Um, <laughs> so what did you, before we like summarize, what did you think of this episode like overall, I guess? This episode is illustrative of a lot of the things that I really like about this show. Mm-hmm. I am a big fan of the pro bending. I uh, <laughs> I am too. I, In this episode, it is as like made up, and I don't get what's going on in this episode at all. In the same <laughs> way that I don't understand what's happening at Quidditch match, but I kind of remember the next episode is Bolin sitting down and explaining the rules of pro bending at least. I think so. I think that's I think that's right because they kind of like were teaching it on the fly in this episode. I think we get like the full explanation next time. Um, having not seen that episode since you know 2012, uh, last night I did just write a tabletop game for pro bending. Nora, um, sort of a mini game that you could use in inside of another RPG if you wanted. <laughs> Nora. <laughs> Hey, hi, what's up? Can we just make the episode art this one for this one? I'm back on my bullshit because uh, you're extremely <laughs> on your bullshit right now. <laughs> I'm on my bullshit, yes. I, I couldn't, like, I had the idea, and I was like, I think I have an idea for how to make this kind of fun. And so I just ran into it. I... I went to bed last night, and I saw you, and I was like, oh, that's a funny joke, but she's not going to actually do that. And then I woke <laughs> up this morning, and the first tweet I saw was, oh, she did it. She did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's sort of how I approach... That's my main approach to game design, is I, like, an idea drifts over to me like a leaf in the wind, and then I just snatch <laughs> it and just make it into something. <laughs> Should we talk about this episode? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the the show that we're doing okay. this podcast about. I okay, I didn't take as good of notes this time, but now I'm looking at the wiki, and the wiki is entirely too long. 
do you want to summarize? Do you want me to summarize? Uh, see, the, the summary I have here is like three sentences long. Okay, there's, a, there's one at the top that is three sentences long. That's the one I'm going to read, not the full beat by beat. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, it, the episode starts with Korra and Tenzin um, just chatting over, I think, breakfast about airbending stuff and about um, probending. And Tenzin is like, well, probending is a mockery of... Um, you know, what I stand for. Um, I think of this as like a very spiritual thing and that's not that. And he forbids her from uh, like watching it or, well, he forbids her from watching it. Um, and then um, Tenzin takes her out to the backyard where there is a very good uh, 3D animated uh bunch of boards that definitely you can tell it's 3d animated and you can tell they didn't want you to tell i feel like that specific thing of the spinning boards was in the movie are you serious i think it was in the movie in the scene where ang and the i'm sorry in the scene where ong <laughs> and the blue spirit <laughs> In the scene in the where Ong and the Blue Spirit fight a bunch of guys. Oh my god. Oh my god. See if we're right. Yeah. See if we're right when Nora eventually makes me finally watch this movie. Um you, Yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> I was gonna say we don't need to, but then no. I think we should Yeah. <laughs> um so he shows her these like poorly animated boards and he's like, you got to be a leaf in the wind and you got to just float through the boards. And then Jinora, um, you know, floats through them effortlessly. And Korra promptly, um, I'm the avatar and you got to deal with it, um, tries to be a leaf in the wind, gets smacked in her face and sets something on fire. Yep. That's the core away. Get hit in the face and then set something on fire. Yeah, yeah. Um, then she then she's supposed to meditate. She tries for roughly ten seconds, um, then just gives up because once again, Cora is going to Cora. Um, I love my precious daughter and her impatience. Um, <laughs> this is this is textbook um, disaster bisexual. Well, we will get there. I would contend that this is disaster lesbian. Uh, there's a weird, like, existential layer to that. Because yep. I don't think she... W I think I think in season one, Korra is straight. Because the writers thought she was straight. Yep, yep. And at the end of this episode, you will get a moment of me... Um, willfully like making canon up to claim she is a lesbian um but okay so um she listens to so that night she listens to some pro bending on the radio um tenzin gets mad 
um, not realizing that every time you yell at Korra, it makes her more likely to do the thing. Um, and she sneaks off um, and goes to a this pro-bending game um, where she meets Bolin in the most the most Bolin nonsense <laughs> that made me so mad both times I watched this episode. <laughs> I admire the smoothness of the yes ending there and the improvisation between the characters. Mm-hmm. But also Bolin, much like Korra, Bolin is gonna Bolin. The thing, the thing that I tweeted last night was that like Bolin would stop saying hashtag not all men once Korra explained to him why it sucks. Mm-hmm. But he'd need someone to explain it to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about Bolin and how he acts here. Yeah. In this episode. Because I, I kind of want to dig into Bolin as a character. Yeah. Wait, so... Do you want to do that after the recap, or do you want to just do it now? Um, I, I think this is... I think this is as good a time as any. This is like his biggest moment, I feel like, in this episode. Um, he has some other stuff, but I feel like this is the Bolin moment that I was thinking about when I was thinking about this episode. Mm-hmm. So what was on your mind? So Bolin is a guy who is shitty and doesn't know it. He's a very nice guy. Um, if you have watched Buffy, he is ex- he is just Xander. Like, that's all he is, is he is Xander. And so I was watching this episode, and my first time watching this show, I didn't... I liked Bolin, and I didn't like what he became later. Mm-hmm. I thought that they turned him into a farce that was not taken seriously later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand now on revisiting this the show. Uh, I just saw when I when I first saw the show, I just saw myself as Bolin. Oh, um, as a guy who's maybe. Uh, not like the best looking, but he's really funny and he's really nice and he's really good at like making people laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time that this show came out, that's how I saw myself. Um, and so I sort of latched on to Bolin as, uh, Pardon the pun, a sort of avatar. I'm not pardoning that pun. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just not. So um, that was a little revelation I came to uh, on rewatch. Is like, oh, the reason that I thought they should have taken this character seriously is just because I, I, I thought I was, I saw myself as Bolin. Okay. And now I look back at that and like, hmm. Mm. I kind of remember him as constantly being the um kind of like farce character the like nonsense comedy relief person and i in my memory he didn't have an arc and so that's like 
That is very interesting to me. Um, hopefully, my hope is that, like, his arc ends up being, like, more harmless fun. And if I remember right, that is kind of what it is. Then, like, his weird hitting on women, but at least, like, not harassing them too much, just a little tiny bit. Um, mm-hmm. Uh... I have very vague memories of what happens later on, but I don't have the highest hopes for Volin. I I only remember one thing, and I remembered it while we were talking. Um, and yeah, I think he is going to continue to just be a, like, farce comedy character. Um, but yeah. Um, so, so yeah. I don't think we ever... I think we talked... About the thing, what happens is she sneaks into the fire or the pro bending um, arena. She gets caught by um, some dude um, who tries to throw her out, and Bolin like pretends to know her and pretends they're dating. And Cora's like, "No, stop that." And that was, mm-hmm. that was good, at least that it was like made me very happy that Cora did not like put up with his nonsense for even one second. Um, yeah, they, they go, um, to this pro bending match. Cora sits on the sidelines and watches as, uh, Bolin, a unnamed dude, I believe, and Bolin's mysterious, steely-eyed brother, Mako, just barely eke out a win in a pro bending match. And of course, it's the most exciting thing in the world. Which, if it was your first time seeing your favorite sport live, yeah. it would be. It was yeah. a very close game. And I think it's, um, like, I don't have a lot to say because it's just, it is just an action sequence, you know? There's not, like, story stuff here. But I think this is, pro bending is kind of cool, even if I feel the rules are vague at best in this episode. Um, I think there's only one rule. Yeah, is it just, don't get knocked off the side? <laughs> I, oh, well, there's one, uh, maybe there's more than one rule. The, the point is to push the other team backward until right. they fall off the platform. And there are th- there are six zones, three for each team, and once everyone of one team has been pushed backward off of a zone, then the opposing team can step forward into that zone and push into their territory. Okay. Um, and you can't, can't push people off the sides. And uh, there's like... There are grates in the floor, so you can pull water right. out, up from underneath. There are stone discs set into the ground so that earthbenders can toss them. Firebenders, of course, yeah. don't need any help. Um, I want to know how bad the penalty is if you start using other stuff. Like, I bet metal bending and lightning bending are illegal. I would, I would certainly think so. Um... And, and don't even get me started on blood bending. Oh, God, yeah. One would hope. One would hope. I'm curious if you have to have one of each type. I think you do. I kind of remember that you do. I think I mostly remember that because of that very bad video game. Um, <laughs> with its very bad um, pro-bending minigame in it. Um, 
what if Blitzball was worst? Asked Platinum Video Games. So yeah, the, the this is just a very good uh, action sequence, and it ends with um, them just barely eking out a win, and Mako um, chewing out um, the waterbender on the team, who is just like never seen again after the scene, or if he is, it's in a later episode and I've forgotten. Um, this show has a way of removing characters from the plot, so I would be very surprised if this character came back. Yeah, he's also not important. He's just, like, kind of a jerk. Mako is also kind of a jerk, but he's the protagonist, or one of the protagonists, so he gets to stick around. And All I know about Mako in my memory is he has a red scarf. So, after the match... Um, like, Korra is like, oh my gosh, it was the best thing I ever saw, blah, blah, blah. Um, and she's like, I want to learn how to pro bend. And um, she, like, is very clever and, like, hints at, like, oh, I'm the Avatar and, like, waits for them to put it together, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's kind of cute. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, enjoy, I enjoy Korra messing around with them a lot. Yeah, uh, Cora doesn't have very many opportunities to be the smartest person in the room, mm -hmm. uh, especially not after uh, Asami. I was about to say along, the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> she's very smart. Yeah. Um, but she does occasionally get the chance to show off this sort of uh, mischievous side that I, I rather enjoy. Yeah. She's not... She's not always the smartest, but she can, she's like clever, you know, she can, and she's certainly more clever than either of these two boys. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so they um, teach her some like, they take her to a gym, they teach her some like basics of um, pro bending, you know, she is, she's doing some like earth bending and she's looking very much like how Toph looks in the original series of just like planting her feet in this one spot and earth bending that way. And like Mako, Mako is like, no, you've got to be more spry and pro bending. You've got to be more agile. Um, or not Mako, Bolin is. Um, I always think, I think it's more present in the original series. Maybe I'm wrong, but I always think that like the intersection of bending and martial arts is like super duper cool. Um, yeah. throughout the series. I, and and this is sort of like um, the styles of, of bending that we've known from the first season. They all got very characterized in that show because mm -hmm. they had plenty of time to flesh all that out. And they had the whole episode about learning how to earth bend and the whole episode about learning how to fire bend. And this, the way that they like, you can tell that these are more modern styles. It, at times, I feel like it kind of resembles boxing. Yeah, I think it's very deliberately, at least the earthbending stuff does. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, like in the original show, like I don't remember, but I think like waterbending maps very specifically to like Tai Chi and firebending maps to, I don't, I don't want to say because I'm probably going to be wrong and it's probably going to be like a little bit shitty of me to talk without knowing anything really but um yeah this is like a very different thing i think it 
I think it's one. I think it's kind of neat because it kind of reflects like in the original show, all these different um, types of benders were very separate. There wasn't a lot of communication, and in this, like with firebenders, earthbenders, and waterbenders all kind of living together, maybe the styles have started to influence each other over the past century. I think one of the themes of this show as it moves forward is this um, desire not to get stuck in tradition mm-hmm. um, and to not be chained down by the way things have been previously and to feel comfortable with exploring new ideas and new spaces and making new paradigms. Mm-hmm. And I think that our first hint of that is with the way that the bending styles are more modernized. I can see like the, the earth benders using um, water bender footwork and stuff. Right. It's, it's really interesting to see like them start to converge. Well, and it also, you know, it conveniently ties into um, the next scene of, um, I think I got something slightly out of order, but like the next scene is more um, conflict between um, Tenzin and Korra um, because Tenzin is very deeply steeped in the old ways um, and Korra uh, rejects a lot of that stuff. And like, it's it's more of that stuff, I think, in the next scene. Um, I think this is actually where she sets the things on fire um oh yeah yeah there was the one scene at the beginning and then this scene is the one where she tries to to go at it again mm-hmm. uh, messes it up and then decides to burn it all down yep and she's informed like those were like three thousand year old uh hit you in the face plates spinny plates <laughs> um and she's kind of like i don't give it i don't care um and uh yeah like the the whole the the entire conflict between Tenzin and Korra is um, she very much rejects tradition, um, and he's very steeped in it. And I think like I when I first watched the show um, and still now I think that's kind of neat because one of my concerns going in was that it was going to be constantly trying to like very specifically replicate the magic of the original show and I knew it couldn't be the original show and so I wanted to see it do something new and I think it is very much about trying to do something new and whether it succeeds or fails that's like a different thing but it's it's a more interesting direction I think to take it at least yeah um I think that's what they wanted to do um there are some elements that we'll get into later on in this season that I think they can't separate from the original show. Yeah. Um, and I think that gets worse as the show goes on. Yeah. I think that the more ties we have to the original show, the worse this show gets. Yeah. Um, um, that's that's how I remember it, at least. I'll, I'll gladly eat those words if I continue and end up really enjoying uh, the third season. Yeah, we don't need but, to dwell um, on this right now, but, like, I've been talking to some people in the time because, like, we recorded the last episode before we, like, told anyone we were making this podcast. And so I've talked to people, and, like, their memory and kind of my memory is that season three and four is the best stuff. But before that, we were going to have to watch season two, which gets very deeply bogged down in 
um, connections to the past in a not the best way. But yeah, yeah, that's the future. We don't have to talk about that right now, unless you unless you want to. I don't want to shut that. Shut oh no, down. I don't. I don't want to jump okay. into. The, I need to tell. I get myself to stop talking about the later stuff before it right. happens. Season season two is really like the sort of Damocles on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, it's the it's the Sozin's comet of this podcast. <laughs> it is to make more Buffy analogies. It is the season six. Um, so yeah, uh, she sets things on fire. Her and Tenzin have more talk about tradition versus. Uh, trying to learn modern styles of fighting. Um, it's either this scene or the next scene where Tenzin says, bending is not about fighting. And I'm like, yeah, get him, Tenzin. <laughs> like, because that's like Aang's whole deal. And that's like, yeah, the Avatar is not just like this warrior um, dispensing justice, despite what Korra really, really thinks the Avatar is. And she... Is probably at a bit of a disadvantage, having most likely grown up hearing stories about Aang mm-hmm. uh, and his weirdly involved role in this specific city, which uh, we don't know about that yet. But. Yeah. Well, and, you know, she would have heard, she heard all the stories of Aang's adventures during the war. Um, so, yeah. Oh, no. She saw that fucking play. Did uh, she definitely saw that play? She absolutely. Honor. <laughs> God, that's like I. I love that episode so much. That's one of the best episodes of that show. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's oh. so good. Okay, this show. Um, so she continues to defy Tenzin, and she goes to another pro-bending match. Um, the fire ferrets, um, Mako and Bolin's um, water-bending teammate, doesn't show up. And so Korra is just like, and like, uh, Mako and Bolin are about to just like disqualify themselves and just like resign. And Korra is like, no, I'm going to waterbend. Let's go. And she waterbends, and she is very quickly discovered to be the Avatar because she earthbends as well. <laughs> the first thing she does... The first thing. As soon as the buzzer goes, is she knocks a guy off onto the side, and they get a penalty, and they have to take a step back into the next, into the second zone at the beginning of the round. Yep. Um, and then as she's going... She's waterbending and doing really well, and I think she earthbends. Yeah. And the radio, the announcer man, who I think is the radio man from the intro? I believe he is. I believe he is. Who, and I believe he uh, is voiced by SpongeBob himself, um, future star of the sequel podcast, Christian. Um, stay tuned for SpongePod Squarecast, uh, available only on our Patreon. <laughs> So yeah, she earthbends. Um, the radio man very loudly announces, "Oh my gosh, we have the Avatar," which is conveniently like Tenzin walks past the men listening to the radio at that exact moment, and Tenzin is 
furious. Tenzin getting angry is a sizable portion of the animation budget. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a bit where Korra says, "You forbid me from watching pro bending, but not from listening to it." And I think like there's so much going on in his face in that moment. <laughs> And there's so it's much going good. on in his face here. <laughs> he flies off in a huff. He flies off in a huff. We watch the rest of the match, and they barely win again. Mm-hmm. Um, or they, they. It looks like they're about to lose when Tenzin shows up and chews out Korra while she's out for one round. Right. Uh, she gets knocked out. And we have to watch the other two try to compete without her for for the rest of the round. Mm -hmm. I think they lose that round, and she basically tells him, "No, this is my this is my style. This is what I need to practice bending. This is my this is my whole jam." And so he turns to leave, and she goes back out there, and it's the final round. Mako and Bolin both get knocked out. And then Korra is left alone. The whole match, she's been, like, targeted specifically by the other team because they know that she's new to the game. Right. And this time, she's in zone three. She's got her heels on the edge of the platform, and they're all just wailing on her. And she just starts to dodge everything, and Mm -hmm. she just... It clicks, and she starts doing the airbender... Uh, footwork that she had to do that she was supposed to do for the spinning uh, swatting doors yeah like it's very it like close it does a, a close-up of her feet um, the, the same like close-up that it did of Janora's feet and like it's yeah the same footwork it's like and Tenzin like looks out and is like oh my gosh this is the way she needs to learn blah 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 damn she an avatar and she got feet. I I started to talk, <laughs> and I knew. I knew it was coming, and I tried. <laughs> I, I tried. Damn it. I fucked it up, too. L- listener, I want you to know that I wanted to avoid this moment. I didn't, but I, I, I'm going to say that I did. <laughs> so, yeah, she, she is doing all this expert dodging. She's... Oh, wait. She wasn't knocked out. What happened was... Er, Mako and Bolin were not knocked out. What happened was two of the people were really going after Mako and Bolin, and one of them is going very specifically after um, Korra. And so it was like they couldn't, they couldn't get their stuff together, and as soon as... Korra starts dodging everything, Mako and Bolin are able to like push them back a little bit, and then Korra pushes them back a little bit, and they end up taking the round. They end up taking the whole game. Right, okay, that's that's right. Yeah. I I also thought that they were knocked out for a moment, and then was like, when I watched it a second time last night, I was like, oh, they weren't knocked out, okay. Right. So yeah, they, they end up winning the game, um, and, you know... Tenzin talks to Korra, and he's like, she's like, oh, you stayed and watched the whole thing? And he's like, 
I'm your father figure, and I guess I'm going to begrudgingly admit that I'm proud of you. Um, and I may have had a little bit of fun, but it was horrible. Yeah. Tune in for the rest of this show of Tenzin having fun sometimes and fucking hating it. <laughs> He's the most dad anyone has ever been a dad on either like, of these two shows. The Korra's dad is in this show. Korra does not have an absent father. It's just that Tenzin dads so hard that within like 48 hours, he is also her dad. <laughs> Tenzin is the most dad. Um, Tenzin is the only good dad? Uh, do you mean like generally or in this show? I don't remember any good dads from Avatar or Korra. I don't either. I I can't kind of remember if Korra's actual series. dad is good or bad. I think he just doesn't get enough screen time for us to know. Yeah. But there are, there are some very bad dads that come to mind when you talk about Avatar dads. Yeah. Um... Well, oh, no, no, no. Wait, Iroh is the best dad. Hmm. I'll, I'll accept that. Yeah. Um... So yeah, then the um, episode closes on um, what I am just going to retcon. Um, it it closes on Mako staring out at Air Temple Island, and he's very clearly thinking about Korra. And then it cuts to Korra staring out at the city, and it is implied that she is thinking about Mako, but I'm just saying that she is thinking about the city and how she's happy to finally be out of the South Pole. That is... I think either interpretation works. Any any interpretation that minimizes the heterosexuality of this television program is the correct interpretation <laughs> in my book. Yeah, there's... There's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of straights in this show, unfortunately. We're gonna fall into the het pit real bad for a little while there. Yeah, not to cast too much of a cloud on the episodes that we're going to get into soon but uh, a lot of straight folks the het in, pit uh, is coming um, you know het is Russian for no <laughs> I think that's true I think it is I just said it I could have fact checked that I didn't I. you're probably right um, let's just take a Jesus and Marrow-esque approach to um, truth on this show I think sounds good to me um so yeah, that's the episode. Um, it's most it's mostly action sequences, and it's mostly the an extension of the conflict between Tenzin and Korra that is first set up in um, the previous episode. I th I think I like this episode a lot better than I liked the um, first episode, which was just so much table setting, you know. Yeah, I almost feel like this is just more table setting, but it's table setting for stuff that we like and care about because this was aired. With the first one, I kind of have a hard time. It feels incomplete on its own. Yeah, the first the first time I watched this episode, um, the, uh, the first time I watched it during this watch, I watched it as one whole thing, and it um, it felt like one complete thing. And then last night I watched it a second time um, on its own, and I think I think this episode stands up as its own thing better than the first episode did anyway. Yeah. 
Oh, is there is there an Amon teaser at the end of this episode, or is that at the end of the first episode? That was at the end of the first episode. I think I think we talked about that. I think Maybe we, we did. didn't. <laughs> There's an Amon teaser. Because it's after she gives her speech in episode one. Yes, yes. I don't know that we got super into it. I think we did mention it because I almost wanted to talk about the voice actor for Amon. Is but it I, Steve Blum? Is that who that is? I think it's... it. Excuse me. Steve Bloom. Bloom. Okay. I, I I am 98% sure that it is, but I was also 98% sure that Iron Bull was, or uh, Cullen was voiced by Liam, o, Liam O'Brien, and he's not. Okay. So, I also, hey, my ears are bad. While we're talking voice actors, I realized SpongeBob is the voice of the referee, and someone else is the voice of the radio broadcaster. So there's that hot correction segment at, here at the end of the episode. <laughs> so yeah i think we talked about bolin um there's not a lot to say with mako here um and those are like the two characters that are really introduced in this episode yeah we didn't even meet Pabu yet i've been talking with people this week about how like this show was intended to be um only one season about cora i guess and it was like, no no money, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And so I'm kind of surprised that, like, two episodes in, we're still missing, like, off the top of my head, like, two major, 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 like, plot elements, um, characters in the cast. Mm-hmm. Like, we're still missing Asami and Amon, which is kind of surprising. And also uh, the character that I hate most. Uh, in my memory, at least. Oh yeah, um, the the extremely awful one. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, we'll get to him at some point. I um, I would put money on him being in the next episode. I think I think he's definitely in the episode that Asami gets introduced. Yeah. In which I should be the next one. Yeah, I don't. I genuinely don't remember what the next episode is, but I would bet that he's in that one. Um, but yeah, I I just wanted to mention as we watch this show. Um, I will try to stop mentioning things that happen in yeah. uh, future seasons. Uh, this season was made with only the knowledge that they would have this season. Mm-hmm. And so that element is why um, things are a little... The whole production history of, of Korra is weird and disjointed and is probably has a lot to do with how weird and disjointed the, the show itself mm-hmm. feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, so I, I do want to like keep that in mind because uh, I keep judging it as if it was a whole thing, and it's not. Right, whereas... But like as we move forward... Avatar, I think, is very clearly super planned out from episode one, you know? They have like a specific thing in mind, and... Korra is almost a new show each season, I think. That's that's maybe an exaggeration, but yeah, Korra is just much more uneven. They didn't have any money, hence the um, comically 3D animated thing I mentioned earlier. Um, there's some real bad 3D in this show. Somebody asked me recently if you could watch Legend of Korra without having seen the first show, and I replied saying that 
it feels a lot like the Star Wars prequels in that it's its own story and it has strong ties to the previous work. Um, but it does introduce itself fairly well. But yeah. it also assumes that some parts of its like basic premise you already know. They don't. Uh, they don't explain bending, for example. Yeah. Some someone asked me a similar question, and also like, is this podcast good for um, people watching the show the first time? And I want, I want to do better going forward about making this a podcast good for first time watchers. I've not been the best at that, but. Um, this show, I guess, like, you can watch Korra without having seen The Last Airbender, but you should probably read, like, a Cliff Notes version of what happens in Last Airbender. And also, like, maybe you should just watch The Last Airbender, because that, that show's great. That show's just great. Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely, like, the, the best, like, children's show, the best cartoon I can think of, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we can do better about talking about future stuff and making this more accessible for first-time watchers. And um, that that'll be our goals moving forward with this with this podcast. Hashtag squad goals. Uh, that, that those are the ones we have. <laughs> those. Um, but let us know uh, if you have any feedback for us and our podcast. Yeah. You can let us know about it. You can contact our Twitter for the show at White Lotus Pod, not White Lotus Radio. Yeah. That's somebody else's. Hey, um, if you have that RP account, give it to us. Just give it to us. <laughs> Please. I want your Twitter account. You can also send us emails if uh, you have criticism or, or, or compliments that are Longer than 280 characters. Mostly you can compliments. Find us on... I never want to hear Mostly. anything bad about this show. I will read the emails and make sure that she only reads the good <laughs> stuff. Um, um, that email address is whitelotusradio at gmail.com. So don't get those crossed up. Don't get those mixed up. Flip turned upside down. We'll probably like put those in the show notes so that you can just click and you don't have to remember which is which. Yeah, and if I find this thing to be like something I want to show off to the public, then I will also include a link to the pro-bending tabletop game that I wrote. I, yes. I really want to see this. I was joking earlier about I can't believe you've done this, but I really want to see what that is. <laughs> Thank you to friend of the show Lilith Newman for our wonderful art and Twitter icon. I would thank the creator of the music if I knew... What music yeah. you will have heard for these three episodes. But I don't know that yet. You sent me those links, and I told you I was going to listen to them, and guess what I didn't do? You didn't listen to them? No. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm looking at them now, and I clicked one, and I'm going to pause it so I don't hear There's it. There's some while tasty we... sound waves on those. Yeah. Uh, I think that just about... Oh, I should... <clears throat> yeah, let's and do Twitter. if you want to... Yeah. <laughs> And if you want to talk to us personally, I am at neither Nora on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And I am at Allie Coffee, A-L-I-C-O-F-F-E-E. -E. Or no, I'm at Allie Drinks Coffee. I don't know. You'll find me. I think you're at Allie Drinks Coffee. I have, it's different on Twitter and Discord and Twitch, and it 
I need to I need to consolidate the brand. Yeah, I'm still migrating from Nora Borealis to neither Nora on most most accounts. Nora Borealis at this time of day in my podcast. Yes. So yeah, I think yeah, follow me on Twitter. Um you can follow my Tumblr. I don't do anything there anymore, but you can see some comic book art I reblogged when I was 19. I don't know. I have a Tumblr that I don't know how to use because I don't know how Tumblr works, and at this point, I'm too afraid to ask. Yeah, no, it. that's probably the right decision. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that um, ends the show. I still haven't thought of a sign-out, and... White Wotus Radio. <laughs> Bye. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. All right. Thank you all for listening, and keep it flamey, Hotman. Uh, I'm stopping this recording immediately. <laughs> <laughs>